This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. There are a lot of screens at sports and entertainment venues, and when it's possible to buy a 4K TV the size of a bus for a few hundred bucks, team owners and venue operators are having to work harder than ever to compel people to get off their sofas, get away from their TVs, and come to real live games. Whether it's college football or pro basketball, there's a big emphasis on maximizing the game day experience for ticket buyers, while also optimizing the investment sponsors have made in being at the venue and part of everything going on. A Charlotte, North Carolina company called FanConnect is very specifically in the business of providing and supporting a platform and services that drive the game day show and the information on most or all of the flat screens around a stadium or arena. FanConnect does in-venue TV programming that enhances live game broadcast feeds with things like real-time stats and sponsor messaging. And it also does IPTV for the suites and loge areas, as well as digital signage around the concourses and at concessions. That last component is something most or all venues want and need, but the digital signage capabilities also track back to the roots of the company. I had a chat with Brent Crossley, FanConnect's VP of product. Brent, thank you for joining me. Can you tell me what FanConnect does? Um, yeah, yeah. So what we do is we, we work with the corporate partnership teams in sports venues, so in college and professional sports. And we work with the, the partnership marketing, basically, the sponsorship team, if you think about it that way, mm-hmm. to put something on the TV screens. I'm talking about our primary product, right? So our, our, yeah. our biggest product is FanConnect TV. We make other things, but that's probably the biggest thing we have. It's also our biggest footprint. And what that, what that does is it makes a private TV network for use in the venue that plays on all of the TVs that are in the venue that would have been showing just the live game feed, the feed that was being produced for probably the video board in most cases. Mm-hmm. And we turn that into something that fans are going to want to look at because it, it's good looking and that fully integrates um, what the sponsors and what the corporate partners need into that experience. So that's the, that's the main product that we supply. And then I'd say that all the related products are kind of in a similar vein, right? They, they're all designed to operate inside of a, a large you know, sports venue, inside of a stadium or an arena. Uh, and they work with TVs or video technology of some kind inside of that venue. Okay. So do you get the pushback at all from venues saying, well, why wouldn't I just use the, the broadcast feed that's already coming in that I've, that I've already been using on the TVs? No, I don't think we, we don't face that pushback. Um, and the, the main reason is if, if you think about our, our primary customer is, again, that corporate partnership team. Mm-hmm. On the college side, that would be somebody that's a rights holder, like a, a Learfield, a Playfly, uh, a JMI, that, that 
typically that's who that is. On mm-hmm. the professional side, it's it's a group that's titled something like you know corporate partnerships for the Chicago White Sox. And prior to us getting there, they either didn't have any way to you know include their corporate partners into the TVs, or what they had just wasn't working for what they for what they wanted to do. And so, yeah, I don't I don't think we faced any pushback there. Um, you know, from from people saying, you know, uh, why not just use the existing feed? I think the other part of it is too, though. In in our opinion, when we're done, it looks a lot better and it provides a better fan experience than you know before we got there. And I know we're on a podcast, so you can't see this, but right. um, you know, if people go to our website or if they look us up on LinkedIn, um, we're FanConnect.tv, so that's our our domain name. But if they look at what we do it's designed to mirror a lot of what you would see with a professionally produced broadcast. So imagine somebody's in a truck uh, and they're using tools from Ross and Grass Valley, et cetera. And they're, they're building something for, you know, to make it look broadcast quality. We're doing something similar. We just do it in software and without having people doing it in real time. Okay. And I, and I assume this, one of the drivers here for the corporate sponsor people is they're looking for as many ways as possible to give their corporate sponsors some love and and avoid any minefields of a TV broadcast. If, if let's say, I don't know, Chrysler is the sponsor at a stadium or a sponsor at the venue, they don't want a Ford ad on the TV or Toyota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that what they're what they're trying to do is they want to create something that works for a partner. Um, and I will say, because we, we probably lead the world in this, and, and I know that sounds like, you know, you know blowing our, our, our own horn here, but as far as companies that are really invested in understanding how corporate partnerships work and the needs of those, the teams that work with them, I think we probably do more of that than anybody else. I'm not talking about just sort of the pure technology, people doing an L bar, creating something mm. that kind of adds in the video. Um, but the other part of what we do is education about the best use of that technology to actually do what it's supposed to do. And so oftentimes prior to us getting there, if they did have something like think just like a, a an L bar going back to, you know, Cisco stadium vision days, mm-hmm. um, if they had something, there wasn't a lot of thought put into it. And in most cases, the experience wasn't great. Like it really looked like what it was, which is you just shrunk the amount of video space available to show the game and you put an ad wrap around it and you're showing kind of nothing but a wall of ads. Uh, and if you see what our product looks like, if you saw it in the NFL, you're going to see, you know, passing statistics and rushing statistics. And we're going to interleave in, um, you know, photos from the team's official Twitter, you know, feed, um, you know, when those are appropriate. And just kind of pulling in a lot of stats and engaging content and then embedding that with the sponsor assets in a way that looks really natural and not like we just kind of put a wall of ads up there. Right. Uh, I, I've certainly heard through the years of, you mentioned Cisco, of, of very large technology companies kind of buying their way into these sorts of venues. And uh, in order to do that, you have to use their technology. Are we kind of past that where the venues realize, yeah, that was great. We got that for free or very little money, but uh, it didn't actually work for us? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I'd say that that that, that is uh, still something that is evolving. Um, mm-hmm. So if you look at the landscape today, certainly you've got teams that have invested in 
you know, one IPTV system or another, right? So Cisco mm-hmm. was one of the first of those. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of other you know technologies that do that, um, and that's actually something that we make is full IPTV as well. Um, but you know, if you look at the people that do it, I think that in most cases they certainly would show in their marketing something that looks like an L bar, mm-hmm. and they're all going to say words on their on their website like, you know, make money more money from sponsors. But in terms of actually doing that, it's kind of like it's an exercise left to the reader. And so, you know, you see teams that have had some of those newer technologies and have had them for years. And and we know because we talk to everybody, you know, that that we work with and people that we don't. I mean, you'll see people that have had it for, for multiple years that have not gotten that to where it does something close to what we do. Right. I mean, like not even just like a, a basic version of it. And so mm-hmm. content's hard. I think you, you probably know that as, as well as anybody. Right. I mean, uh, in the digital signage industry, content's also hard, mm-hmm. um, but it's especially hard in the on the side where we play, because you have a lot of things that you have to do well to make it look like what we're trying to make it look like. Right. So we want the we want the scoreboard, you know, embedded in the same way it would be on the broadcast you know, TV feed. Um we want the live clock that's coming. It's the same thing that's tied to the scoreboard controller that's in the stadium. Um, we want to be able to show out-of-town scores. Um, we want to be able to highlight when something significant has happened in those out-of-town scores, like lead changes. We want to show sort of detailed stats, you know, like in, in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball, hit and pitch data. Um, and so kind of tying all of those things together and making it work well um, is is not something that's easy. And so I would say that currently the positioning by most of the vendors that make something like IPTV is, you know, yeah, you can just you know, use our stuff and go build something to your liking. Uh, in reality, we certainly work in a number of places where the the vendor that is there would much rather that experience be them than be something created by us. Right. I'm curious about how deep you have to stitch your way into the the operations of the venue and of the uh, sports franchise, whether it's football, baseball, hockey, whatever the case, that you, you're you have to work with the scoreboard systems, the like the 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 statistical analysis systems. The you know the people are doing things like reading how fast the that fastball came in and all that sort of stuff. Is is that a lot easier to do now than it was even like five years ago? Um. I would say that parts of it are easier, but there's certainly, you know, there's new technologies that come out and then, I mean, essentially, you know, new APIs that you're having to deal with on the regular. Uh, It was Mm -hmm. much harder for us when we first started. So we started doing this, you know, way back in like 2010. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I can share this now because it's just been so long and it doesn't matter, but we really kind of bluffed our way into it. And at the beginning, it was like, you know, um, yeah, we, we want to make something work here. You know, um, can you work with our scoreboard controller? Yeah, sure. What What is that? <laughs> what brand? <laughs> um, yeah. And it was difficult, right? I think that, that you know, when you think about the vendors that are in sports uh, venues, um, a lot of them do not want to play well with others, right? Mm-hmm. So think about the people that made the scoreboard controller, the people that, you know, make the stats. And I feel like that there's another sort of, you know, barrier to entry there, which is that, the professional sports side, they all have, you know, pretty tightly codified APIs that distribute all of their data. Um, but if you're not, if you haven't already got a team that's your customer, you're not going to get access to that data. And so it's not like if you came up with a product idea, you can just sort of build it and they will come. You mm-hmm. have to have something in the door 
to be invited to use the data, right? And so, um, you know, I think it's, uh, it, for us, it certainly got easier over time because as we solve one of every type of scoreboard controller, we would kind of just chalk that up and write it down. We're like, oh, okay, they've got a Dactronics. They have a white plate. They have an OES, whatever the, mm -hmm. the thing was. Uh, and then we would, you know, figure out how to work with it. And you can kind of imagine there's, you know, APIs that, that represent abstraction for that, you know, so that we don't, so that no matter which one of the controllers we're working with or which stats API, we can, we can kind of you know, create something that is uh, more unified and easier to manage. Right. And, and sports entertainment venues are turning into experiential venues in a lot of ways. Are you now having to also kind of work with almost like show control systems? So... So that's interesting. We do, in some cases, work with um, control systems, but interestingly enough, more of that is done during a live sports game. And so, for example, if you think about um, working with the production crew, um, they might have, um, you know, uh, a Ross tool that is actually designed to trigger things on the you know video board, on the ribbon boards, et cetera. And, you know, we can make it to where the TVs that we operate on are one more thing that can be tied into those control systems. And so kind of imagine, you know, somebody's, um, you know, somebody's just, you know, hit the third home run of the game. And so they want to, you know, put a special message up. They can send that message and, and it'll activate on all of the things at once. It's kind of a TV takeover as well as video board and ribbon board. Um, so that's a place where we see that. On the sort of mixed-use venue side, uh, I think that the requirements in general on the TVs is a little... And when I talk about the TVs, I mean like the bulk of the TVs. I'm not breaking it down to the very specific ones that are doing a job that looks much more like digital signage, right? Like mm -hmm. concessions, menu boards, and you know, sort of those things. But if you think about the, sort of the bulk of the TVs that would have had the game on in that venue... Um, during a like a concert, for example, they're probably still showing, you know, kind of the concert feed. They might be doing a simple rap and the rap is, um, you know, just kind of giving some, you know, uh, day of event information instead. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit simpler just because there's nobody that has a big vested interest in doing something really special for a one-off like a concert. Right. You mentioned digital science. You also have that as part of your kind of product suite, right? Yeah, sure. That, you know, our, our legacy was, you know, we originally were a digital signage company. So if you, if you went way back, um, you know, when we started doing what we did originally in college sports and then eventually, uh, you know, in, in professional sports as well, um, you know, that was a, you know, Fan Connect was a wholly owned subsidiary of 10 Foot Wave, which was mm -hmm. a digital signage company um, and was uh, split off in 2018 as part of the acquisition of 10 Foot Wave by Spectrio. And so our roots were, you know, kind of in that space to begin with anyway. Uh, and so uh, it's kind of natural that, you know, as we split off and just focus on sports venues, um, you know, we wanted to be able to handle all of the, the, all of the small screens, you can kind of think about them that way, that are inside mm -hmm. of a stadium. And so that includes, you know, the TVs that are showing the, the game, the TVs that do, you know, the equivalent digital signage, um, you know, which is, you know, just informational, et cetera. Uh, as well as the you know concession you know menu board those types of things, uh, and then the other kind of interesting one is like what we do at Ohio State, which is we make a, a tablet that's used in the loge area, and so it's purpose built. It does you know IPTV, so it does videos. So you can watch the the out of town game or whatever that you're interested in, um, but it also has a bunch of functionality uh, that is used by the kind of premium 
seat holders at Ohio State. So if they need to call an attendant, if they're trying to you know figure out the pricing of the you know mixed drinks or whatever, um, you know they can they can look that up, you know, and kind of do all of that, look at rosters and you know team data, et cetera, on that purpose built tablet. And there, there's one at every seat. There's one at every table is the ah, way okay. that it works. So if you kind of think about a loge area is sort of a hybrid, right? So it's it's assigned seats in grouped sections um, as opposed to just sort of, you know, you're you're in these five seats. So you've got a, right. a shared table for every three gotcha. people, something yeah. like that. So a lot, a lot of those are for like, there'd be a lot of client entertainment happening. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of entertaining. And then they're, they're also trying to, you know, just, you know, those people paid a lot of money for, for those seats, <laughs> wherever they are, right? I mean, sports, yeah. sports venues, it's expensive. And so just trying to create a premium uh, offering for those people is something that, that uh, a lot of teams are, are working on. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed, licensed content such as news and weather. We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now we bring you ScreenFeed Connect a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data. Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. Discover how Connect empowers you to complete projects faster at screenfeed.com. Is there a lot of pressure to do more and more uh, from one company in something like a sports and entertainment venue? I, I, I talk a lot about the importance of a company being known as the guys, the, the people who do this kind of work. And I, I wonder if you were just going into sports and entertainment venues purely doing the concession digital signage, are you pressured to also be doing IP, IPTV in the suites and uh, elsewhere on the concourses and all that sort of thing? Or, or are the venues pretty much okay with, you do this piece of it, we'll have these other five companies do these other things? Uh, so I think, I think that really like every you know, industry that matures, the, the, the buyers in this case, right, the, the technology side of the, of the mm-hmm. stadium, um, they would rather have a smaller number of you know, vendors to deal with than a larger number. And so as a practical concern, I think you're right, which is, you know, the way we think about it is, you know, we, we need to be able to do all of the things you would want to be able to do on anything that looks like a TV inside of a venue, right? That that's, that that's part mm-hmm. of, of what we have to be able to, to offer. Um, because again, you know, you are correct that people would would rather have you know a single vendor, a single interface, et cetera, to deal with. Um, one place where I think that does break down a little differently is the content side, um, because it's just so that's so complex on its own. Um, and so we certainly have people that are leveraging us for the experience on the screens and all of that. Um, who already have another vendor in as the you know IPTV solution, um, who may have somebody different for you know menu boards, et cetera. And mm-hmm. the one thing that they that they truly can't get anywhere else would be something similar to what we do on the content that's created on the TV screens. Right. So you, you might have an IPTV service of some kind, and they're quite good at you know video networking, but they don't know much of anything about the presentation side of it. 
Well, and and they, you know, to be fair, I, I'm not going to say that they that they can't make something that's pretty. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. you'll see, you know, everybody, and I think it's true, been true of digital signage forever, right? Which people will show you you know, really pretty screens and, you know, use that whatever's on that screen as a substitute for, you know, here's how you, what you're going to have to do to get that to work. Um, and, uh, you know, the example I always give is, you know, you look up at a, at a, you know, concession stand, a digital menu board, and you can't really tell what you're looking at. You know, is it, is it just a static image? Is it an image over just a, you know, animation background? Um, or is it truly being rendered dynamically tied back to a point of sale? It's hard Mm -hmm. to tell. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think that, um, you know, at, at least on, on the content side, it becomes something where you you would rather have something that works than be given a toolkit, especially when it comes time to actually building anything that's, you know, kind of as close to as complex as what we do, right? So, I mean, you could build it, you know, but you, you'd be spending a long time. It took us a long time to build what we have, right? And so if you just sat somebody down and you gave them a pile of tools, um, you know, building that is going to take a lot of effort and you're going to mm. have to hire people to do it. And, you know, it's not like you get to build it once you have to you know, continue maintaining it and working on it and, you know, changing it out and, and adding to it over time. So uh, yeah, I think it's, just, it's, it's difficult. Well, what's the business arrangement that you would have with the typical venue? Um, like, where, are, where do you start and stop? Yeah. So our contractual arrangement most of the time is with the, like I said, the corporate partnership side, right? If you think about like whoever that is that is in charge of making money from corporate partners or sponsors, um, that's usually who our contractual arrangement is with. Uh, and then our, you know, kind of a, a side part of that. And, you know, really it happens in every deal that we're in and every stadium that we're in prior to the deal being signed they bring in technology and those guys grill us and ask us, you know, how are you going to work with our system? And, you know, how do you do this? And we, we pull up diagrams because we've seen a lot of that before. And we're like, yeah, this is, this is what we would do to, to, to work with you guys. And once that's all done, you know, we are working, you know, closely with the technical team to just make sure that everything is still operational. Um, But then our, our business arrangements with the corporate partnership side and, and we are paid, kind of the way you think about it, just like anybody else, right? We get paid for the the thing that we build and put on the screen. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't have a weird arrangement. Like, I don't know if you remember those guys, like uh, Arena Media Network, et cetera. Um, you know, there were multiple companies that would try to do that. We'll give it to you for free. And, yeah. And we will keep some percentage of the inventory. Um, in some cases, it, it was more like, we'll give it to you for free. We'll pay you to take it and we'll keep part of the inventory. Um, we don't do anything weird like that. We are we are more of a of a you know direct business relationship with the you know the whoever is the equivalent of the rights holder, um, and then they are the ones that are bringing the the corporate partners in. Yeah, the whole uh, build it and they will come thing. Where we're putting screens in you know the washrooms and everywhere. I was hoping that they could sell media time around it. That 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 there's there's been a legacy of uh, failure there. Yeah. And you still see it. Right. Um, you know, and I, I mean, not to pick on people. Right. But you see that, you know, the, the classic one for me was the urinal TV. Right. You know, yeah. you mount these TVs, individual screens up. Um, you know, the I, I like to think that what we do is really the opposite of that. What, what we want to do is to make something that where a corporate partner, when they see it on the screen, they are like, wow, that looks great. Um, you know, we're active on LinkedIn. And my favorite thing um, uh, you know, is when 
somebody that works for the, the sponsor takes a picture of the TV screen and they are on it, right? And so, like, it's the game mm-hmm. winner, right? They, you've just won the big game and then their stuff's up and they, they take that picture and they, they throw that out on their LinkedIn. Um, you know, they like what they see there and they like the company that they're keeping, right? They kind of, it, like I said, if you just look at our product, it really does look good, you know, in addition to kind of all the things that make, you know, kind of fans want to be on it and the technology side. Um, and so, you know, I'm not saying that we wouldn't build something to <laughs> to work in urinals if a if a team wanted us to build that, but we certainly wouldn't go out of our way to do it without um, you know somebody you know, really asking for it. Yeah, and if somebody's in trouble, they become the the, the field maintenance guy for that. <laughs> do, do you do deployment or hardware sourcing or any of that stuff, or you're strictly on the software and automation side? We work on the hardware side as much as we need to, um, and the way that I that I think about it is we or as little as we have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we're not we're not in the business of making players. We're not like a bright sign. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to remain, you know, pretty hardware neutral. Uh, we have preferences, of course. I mean, I think anybody who's been in this industry does. Um, but uh, you know. So, you know, if you think about the FanConnect TV product itself, it's kind of a hybrid cloud solution, right? So there is a server installed on-prem. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the heavy lifting is done in the cloud. Um, the server is, you know, responsible for compositing, pulling everything together and, you know, kind of you know, building out what is going to really be a show. Um, and then, uh, you know, so that's kind of how that's going to work. Um, the rest of the hardware for just that, for, for, you know, kind of fan connect TV would be the video distribution system. And so we work with whatever is there. In many cases we were replacing, you know, like, let's say you had at your stadium, you had channel 10.2 digital, or if you're using IP TV, it's just, it's an IP stream and you've got, you know, kind of a symbol for it. Um, mm-hmm. we're often just replacing that feed. That's the first thing that we're doing kind of at most places, um, now there are places where we're doing things that are more sophisticated, where you can kind of imagine, you know, if you're in the suites at um, you know, American Airlines Center, uh, every channel, no matter which channel you tuned into, would still be wrapped in kind of a, an L bar wrap. Um, you know, so that's an example of something that's that's different and does require a device behind every TV. Um, but in most cases, you know, pretty straightforward. We're tied into the existing uh, distribution system. Um, you know, kind of you know, pushing that out. Uh, mm-hmm. And and like I said, we try to remain relatively hardware neutral. Our server is, of course, just a you know little one U rack mounted you know server that's hardened and and does what it's supposed to do. Um, but we can work with a variety of kind of player technologies when it comes to digital signage, our IPTV solutions, the things we do in suites, etc. Yeah, I would imagine you're you're seeing a lot of smart displays in suites now. Um, you know, it's starting to happen. Uh, it's expensive to replace everything in a stadium. And I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, you'd think replacing TVs would be something that would be, you know, something done more actively than it is. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, I think what you, what you see is people wait until there's either a big renovation or they're just going to build another stadium, right? And so they're waiting on one of those two things to go in and do the, the big upgrade on the TVs. But yeah, the, the, you know, smart TVs, things that are, you know, have a system on a chip, kind of capability uh, are starting certainly starting to move out there um, and you know starting to run into them and venues would like you to use them if you can right I mean they mm-hmm. they would rather just a smaller number of things to break and manage if you can avoid putting a box behind every TV then then that would be better does it make any business difference to you guys in terms of 
where they're working with Major League Baseball, which is going to have you know eighty plus home games a, a year, versus uh, football that might have six or seven home games. I, I, I just wonder about some of these massive venues that really don't get used very often. Are are they more reticent to invest in technology? You know, I don't. I don't think that that's the case. I think that what you'll find is like if you take an NFL stadium, right? Um, or, or a big college stadium, right? Um, that, that would get you closer to your you know, six or seven mm-hmm. games. Um, the, the fact that there are so few games means that the games that you have are extremely important, right? Um, and so really in their minds, what they're wanting to know, they want to make sure you know, that nothing is going to go wrong. Like the, whoever's in charge of the technology side, um, they just want to make sure that, that it's going to work. That's going mm-hmm. to be their, their number one concern. Um, the corporate partnership people, you know, again, they they care. The, the way that I put it is, and this is true of really anything in sponsorship, not just kind of us, but if you're a baseball team, if something goes wrong and you don't, you know, do the you don't do the activation for that, um, you know, corporate partner that you were supposed to do, you have a lot of other games to make that up to them and comp them. Uh, if something goes wrong at a football game and you mess up what you've committed to a corporate partner, then you're in a different position because that game represented a significant percentage of what you were trying to do for them for the season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any... We've never faced any push, pushback because of the number of games. It's, it's more like on the technology side, they just want to make sure that it's rock solid. And, right. and we've been doing this long enough, we can point to that. We can go, we've done so many games, we can't get an accurate count of them. We've tried, but it's it's thousands upon thousands of live games that we've produced at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, so th- I think it's really a trust issue probably more than anything else. Is it a challenge for uh, something like an arena that may have an NHL team, an NBA team, a WNBA team, and they all have different sponsors and they, you know, they, it may change from night to night? So we do support those, right? Uh, if you think about, you know, a few examples of that, like a, a complex one would be um, Capital One Arena in D.C. Um, so we were working with the uh, the Washington Wizards, the um, the Capitals, uh, and also Georgetown, you know, is in that same venue. Um, and so you've got, you know, uh, NBA, NHL, uh, NCAA, and then concerts, right? Things like mm-hmm. that. And the way that we operate, um, you know, the way we operate FanConnect TV is a little different from the rest of the digital signage. So today we operate that as a managed service for them. And mm-hmm. so they tell us what they are trying to do, what they want to do. And then we just help fulfill it and actually, you know, make it all work on the screens. Um, you know, and the, the needs for the different sponsors, um, you know, is really a byproduct more of who is running corporate partnership at the venue and for the teams, as far as if they need something different. Um, you know, so we do something similar at Acrisure Stadium, right? We work with the Pitt Panthers and work with Pittsburgh Steelers. And there, those are two totally different um, kind of, you know, corporate mm-hmm. partnership teams. Um, in some cases, it is the same team. And so, you know, wh- whatever way they want us to work, we will, we will work with that. Uh, tell me about the company. You're, you're privately held? Yep, we are privately held. Um, we, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're not VC backed. Um, mm-hmm. We have investors. Uh, and then, you know, many of us that are there are also investors. And, um, you know, yeah, we, uh, 
we're as close to profitable as we want to be, right? And so if we if we're if we're not profitable at any particular time, it's because we are, you know, intentionally spending more money. It's not, you know, because we you know, have not yet achieved some measure of success. Has all the weirdness of the last three years affected your industry or your, your business at all? I mean, obviously, when there was nobody going to games, that was a bit of a challenge, but yeah, uh, absolutely, it's back. <laughs> I think, um, you know, kind of looking back on it. So, yes, it was it was very difficult. I think when uh, when 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 COVID hit, um, you know, a bunch of people we worked with just kind of shrugged and put their hands up, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was not good. Um, uh, one thing that was nice about that was we'd been working on kind of a, a full ground up replacement of our core technology. And so, you know, we went ahead and did that. Uh, and now we've kind of seen that through to where, you know, we, we finalized that, right? So it's, it's kind of the third generation of this technology. Uh, and we had the luxury of being able to just kind of take our time. Um, build it from scratch, knowing everything that we'd learned over this time. And so in some ways, I'd say that maybe was a, a little bit of a blessing, although it didn't seem like it at the time watching the, uh, watching the, the P&L statements, uh, you know, kind of for that. Um, but yeah, I'd say it was crazy for everybody. Yeah, I, I've heard that story a few times. It's, it's interesting where they say, well, we, we didn't plan on this, but suddenly we have time to, uh, you know, kind of tear up the platform and start over <laughs> or, well, you or know, do I, V3. That, that work had already been started, right? And so yeah. it, was, it was more, you know, I mean, technology moves forward, right? And, and uh, the, the, we'd, we'd been looking at a number of things that we wanted to be able to do, that we wanted to be able to do better um, in a kind of a fully integrated way. Uh, and so the timing was good. We'd already started working on that effort. Um, it's a lot of work. Right? Replatforming mm -hmm. is is a significant amount of work. Um, what it allowed us to do, though, was to take our time and get everything right. There was no rush to, you know, have to, you know, try to get something in because, you know, we're you know, kind of because a season was getting ready to start. Um, but yeah, so I'd, I'd say we found some benefit. The one side note, though, is things are back now. You know, to to things are bigger than they were pre-COVID in terms of mm. uh, what we do in in live sports, in terms of attendance, in terms of the interest that we're getting, um, in terms of you know sort of the way people view what they want to do inside of a of a stadium. I'd say that things are are better now than they were pre-COVID. Yeah, I, I, the I, I live up in Canada and I, I don't live anywhere near Toronto, but the Blue Jays just had their opener. And they did a huge refresh of a lot of the technology in that building. And, you know, one of the drivers was they, they have to up the game day experience. That's what people expect if they're going to be spending, you know, $14 on a beer and $80 on a ticket, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it, it, and it's not wrong when, when people say that, that a sports venue is not, you know, they're not competing with another sports venue. They're competing with, you know, the big screen TV that's in your house, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, putting something in front of the fans that is very impressive is, is really important. Um, and we fit in well with that during the off season. When I say off season, I'm really thinking of you know, kind of the fall sports off season because we, 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 we are running some games, you know, throughout the entire year. Right. Um, but when we had a chance, uh, we went back and did a, a redesign of sort of the core of fan connect TV. And we worked with, uh, graphic designers that have done work with, uh, you know, Fox sports and FS one, et cetera, to come up with something that was really polished and professional, 
Um, and look, broadcast quality, because, you know, that's that's what people want to see, right? They, they Especially when we come in and we're like, we've got something that's better for your TVs. And like, okay, we'll prove that. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, that's what we ended up with. I think one thing that's kind of neat about like our design is unlike an ESPN or, you know, somebody like that who has to essentially be neutral, right? Our broadcast is definitely themed for the home team, right? If you saw this at, uh, mm. you know, University of Georgia, it is, you know, nice and you know, it's red and black and, you know, it, it is, you know, bulldog television. Uh, and if you saw the same thing at the, you know, Chicago White Sox, it is it definitely looks like the White Sox, right? It's not, right. Um, it's not trying to be neutral. Mm-hmm. All right, Brett, thank you very much for spending the time with me. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate it. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 69 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 169 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 169, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 169 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at ScreenFeed.com. 16.9, the blog, and the podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's Spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.